Hello, this is a podcast of the best bits of Breakfasters for the week ending Friday, the 18th of March. Breakfasters is a Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Coming up on the podcast this week, you'll hear us kick off with a very embarrassing story from Bobby about something that uh, she accidentally showed to her entire family. And uh, then we were lucky enough to chat with the co artistic directors of Rising Festival, which is back this year. Hannah Fox and Gideon Obazanik were in studio with us to tell us all about the program. And how do you end a night out with friends? Do you ghost? Do you make an excuse? Or just be an adult and say goodbye? We'll let you know what we do. Uh, we chatted to Jonathan Alley about his final broadcast after 29 years at Triple R. We went into the importance of reading the fine print in a holiday rental and Nat Harris rounded out the week as our Friday funny bugger. Triple R. I remember digital cameras, like before phones obviously, everyone had digital cameras. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I don't think anyone has them anymore. You either use your phone or a yeah, fancy camera. I think it was only a few years ago that I didn't take one on like an overseas trip. Like probably only yeah. like three years ago. But before that, I always always took a camera. Yeah, always. I still take photos using my iPad. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> it's <was> my favourite. <laughs> I still remember meeting up with my my friend and I in Italy, and her dad um, met us for a few days, yeah. and he. It was 2010, so he was like hot on the iPad craze, and yeah. just the iPad was such a presence. And yeah. I, it's really, I, isn't yeah. it? It's just a shame because my bum bag isn't quite big <laughs> enough to fit in. <laughs> yeah, I think also a mandatory um, requirement of taking a photo on your iPad is to have your mouth wide open while you do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Oh, I think the last time I um, I purchased a brand new digital uh, camera was bef- in 2006. I was moving to Fiji to live and work there for a year. Um, so I bought this fancy new digital camera. Mm. I was really excited. Uh, was living over there and working uh, in cricket development and had a heap of photos of like taking cricket clinics in schools and, and we went away for a few different weekends and whatnot. But after three months, and I have mentioned this previously, but there was a military coup. Uh, so the uh, DFAT got all Australian volunteers out of the country within 24 hours. So after three months, instead of the 12 months, we were all back in Australia. It's like, okay, where are we? <laughs> where are people going to live and stuff? And I, I was fortunate. I could just move back in with my folks. Uh, lots of people kind of had to move in with their friends and, and we weren't sure. We were in limbo as to whether we were going back or not. Um, but I didn't end up going back, but a lot of people were here for three months before they could go back. So, um, yeah, like I said, I, I was fortunate enough to go home with my folks. My younger brother was still living with them at the time. He was, I don't know, maybe 20, something like that. Um and they were excited to see me. And so one night we had dinner and uh, I go, I'll, I'll show you some photos that I took. And oh, so no. I, uh, <laughs> already on, no. Uh, anyway, so I went, we went into the study and my younger brother wasn't interested. So he was just in the lounge. My parents were behind me and I took them through all the photos. Uh, and then, of course, a photo popped up that I thought I had deleted from the memory card. Mm, um, mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't naked, mm. but it was close. Yeah. Oh. And I have screamed loud and long as this photo is enlarged on the computer screen. Sorry. Oh, yes, I was on the big Yeah, well, I plugged it into the bloody computer so they could see the photos properly. I did. And the scream was so loud, my younger brother ran into the study to see what was wrong (laughs) and ran back out (laughs) after he saw what was wrong. Were you alone in the photo? Yes. Okay. And my dad, (laughs) my dad just walked out. 
didn't say a word, just walked out, went into the lounge room, oh sat on the recliner, picked up a book and started reading. <laughs> didn't happen. What? Absolutely didn't happen, right? How to disown your daughter <laughs> was the book. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Meanwhile, my scream is still going and yeah. then my mum started crying. <laughs> She's oh, like, no. why? If you needed money, we will give you the money. <laughs> Oh my god! So you're soliciting? It was. Oh. I was like, what? Oh my god. No, it's not like that. She's like, why would you take these photos? And because I was an Aussie volunteer, so we didn't get much money over there. And she always said, do you need more money? I'm like, no, we're fine. Mm. We're, it's all good. She's like, we'll send you money. We'll, we will send. I'm, like, I'm okay, ma. And she was just mortified. <laughs> so she's like, don't ever do this again. We will always send you money. I'm like, ma, it's, it's, it's. I do it for it. free, ma. <laughs> No one is paying for this. Anyway, I, I took the, I eventually uh, pulled the cord out, and I'm just like, "How on earth?" And the on the memory card, yeah. you couldn't see it. So when you're on the phone, uh, on the phone, when you're on the camera, you flick through. It's got all the photos. Because the I thumbnail had, didn't show it, up. The thumbnail did not show mm. up, and I'm just like, so then. But then when I plugged it into the computer, there were five photos, only one horrific one. The five photos that I had deleted that continued to pop up that weren't showing. And I said to my, I was like, why is this happening? And I went, I mean, well, I thought this was funny. I, it, I was embarrassing, but just the reactions from all of my different family members, yeah. I actually couldn't stop laughing. My mum said, this is not funny. Oh, like, so you were laughing? I was laughing. I, it was Good. a nervous laugh. But yeah, I, was, yeah. I was like, how embarrassing. And then I went into the lounge room and I sat, my dad couldn't look at me. Oh my my younger brother was just like, can you not be in this lounge room? <laughs> <laughs> How old is your younger brother at this oh, point? He was probably like between 18 and 20 or something oh. like that. Yeah, so enough to scar him. Um, and then I was just like, but can, and because he is tech, he's good with techie stuff and all oh. that. And I was just like, I need to get rid of this photo. Like it's not coming. I don't think I did this straight away, but then like the next day, I was just yeah. like, it's not on here, but like I don't, this camera, I, I'm not going to be able to use it if it keeps popping up whenever yeah. I plug it in. And he said, he goes, Occasionally, the camera will have a memory where five photos stay on the actual digital camera. I'm like, how do you get rid of them? He's like, I, I don't know. And I'm like, can you help me? He's like, I'm afraid I, I cannot go there again. No, absolutely <laughs> not. So I had to destroy the camera. Are you joking? No, absolutely. You did not have to destroy the camera. Well, I couldn't use it. What do you mean you couldn't use it? Because every time I plug it in, people would see. Well, don't plug it in with an audience. <laughs> With an audience, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, what do people in a just dark look at? room with the blinds closed? That's when yeah. you... <laughs> it was. So, did you actually smash it up? Yeah, I smashed it because oh, I, I was I was terrified that I was going to get in this situation again. It's like, don't get in this situation. Never have this happen again. Oh my god! So I, I sma- and there was, and my brother didn't want to help me. He's like, no, it's it's too late. There's oh nothing that can be done. Gosh. So I smashed the camera. It was, it was a couple hundred dollars. It was devastated, but I just felt like. Yes, you're right. I could look at it when no one else was around, but there might be one yeah, occasion where someone is there, or I'm at work doing a presentation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine. So I, I just like I don't want to be in that situation. Because yeah. like you know, can I use your laptop for the email? Sure, I'll just close thirty thousand tabs. <laughs> <laughs> I remember someone up being being at dinner with some a group before once. Jeez, I can't even. I'm so rattled by your photo story. And they said. Oh, can I can I look something? Can I use your phone to look something up? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Just don't look at my browser history. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, don't say that. Mm-hmm. I mean, luckily I wasn't the one looking up. But then I was like, oh, what what she got? What What's in flag, there? <laughs>
Oh, I got to score an invite to a McCumber slide night. I know. <laughs> Parental guidance recommended. <laughs> That's horrific. Uh, it was horrific. But, but, but. The, the, and the destruction, I mean, it's very uh, dramatic. And the, But you screamed, okay? So you yeah. – because there but, was probably a window where if you didn't scream, we could all just pretend this didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but you caused the commotion. Everyone ran in. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what else to do. It was it was a nightmare happening in real life. In real life. So I just my only thing to do was to scream, but and just scream because yeah. I didn't know what else to do. Which yeah. I know, you know, didn't help at the time. I gave Dad enough time to get out of the room. Yeah. Um. But yeah, obviously, my brother, <laughs> poor thing, had to come in and see it. But did you ever think about like pretending you meant you meant to show them? <laughs> <laughs> and this so is this me. Is the bedroom. <laughs> This is what I <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I didn't have time to think. I would have liked you to call their bluff and be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, if you ever do need money, just let us know. <laughs> Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7. Beginning on the first night of winter, artists, musicians and creatures of the night will pulse through a city reawakened. That's the much-anticipated ambit of Rising, Melbourne's new major arts festival that last night revealed its 2022 program, featuring 225 events spanning the city we love. And to tell us about this exciting and ambitious program that they've collated, we're fortunate to be joined in studio by Joint Artistic Directors of Rising, Hannah Fox and Gideon Obuznek. Welcome to Breakfasters. Uh, good morning. So nice to be here. Yeah, good morning. Uh, I, well, I can't believe you made it. I mean, <laughs> how was last night? What are you, what are you doing conscious? Uh, it was so much fun. We're both a little shabby, a bit dusty, but um, no, it was great. Beautiful. Um, quite emotional. Uh, no, yeah, and why, why was it emotional? What does this festival mean, do you think? It's just been a long time coming for everyone involved and, you know, I think for Melbourne uh, there's just such a hunger at the moment for something like this and, you know, after what happened last year, uh, it was very clear to us that there was a real desire, you know, and so, yeah, it was, when you're working on something like this, you're just flat out in the run up to it and uh, I think just before we were going on telly yesterday morning kid was like it's going to be great and I nearly burst awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean we didn't plan it but it has been kind of three years in the making yes yeah that's right uh, um, and it all kicks off with a laser show yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a laser show? Well, last night. We last night we yeah. kicked off with a laser show, yeah. Yes. But we do have a, a really big uh, a big uh, work by Robin Fox um, on the river, mm-hmm. um, which is almost a kilometre long uh, with these incredibly high-powered lasers. And um, it's a beautiful work. Uh, it's free. It's on every night of the festival from June 1 to 12. Um, so it's a real beacon to... Uh, let people know that the festival is on and mm. welcome everyone um, into the city and get involved. Well, as we mentioned, 225 events. Where would you like to start to introduce the festival to listeners? Uh, the way we've designed it is that, you know, it's a whole night out as opposed to a catalogue of shows. Um, so there's two, well, three actually kind of big pillar pieces to it. One is the Wilds at Sydney Meyer Music Bowl which is a Technicolor art park and food event. And that can be where your night could begin or end. Um, there's, there's a whole lot of options where you could have, you know, fine dining in the glass house there. 
um, and a wander through the art park and an ice skate or, you know, take away 1-800 lasagna you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> on your way in. Um, and then the Golden Square program, a really expansive exhibition of art installations, uh, video works, performances, parades, also has a uh, laneway um, food market there as well. So both mm. both of those kind of bookend uh you know, shows basically happening all throughout venues in between those two points. Mm. Mm. Geographically, where are you? And well, we're mostly we're mostly around the city. Um, I'd say on the south side, we're um, using a lot of the art precinct and also um, uh, f- very much featuring City Mar Music Bowl and bringing back the ice skating from the late eighties and nineties <laughs> um, back on stage. Um, and then we go um, up north to Chinatown, Golden Square. Um, but we actually go right up to Coburg. Um, you know, we have a few satellite events uh, in North Melbourne, Coburg, substation out in Newport. Um, National Theatre, St Kilda. Yeah, National Theatre in St Kilda. But we're trying to um, concentrate it, and as Hannah was saying, it's like a complete experience. So you can go and eat and skate, do things early in twilight, and then see a show and then end up um, in Chinatown uh, at Golden Square on the bar upstairs of the, of the car park <laughs> till pretty late at night. Yeah, and we'll we'll know also with the art trams. That's raising awareness, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. The first art tram will roll out uh, just day before the festival opens, I believe, twenty thirtieth of March, May. Sorry, um, which has been curated this year by Jara Steele, who was actually one of the artists who uh, did one of the art trams last year, and she's now curated a series called Unapologetically Black, um, which is all First Peoples artists. Um, contributing their work and yeah it's just really exciting to see that happening again it's that project's got a long history and um, we're just very happy to see it keep going Mm. and as you're coordinating with artists what sort of feedback are you getting from them are they super excited are are you uh, in conversations with them and building programs with their input or yes I mean a lot of the a lot of the uh, works that we're putting on are commissioned works and we actually started working in 2020 with um, a lot of artists particularly in Melbourne uh, at a time when it was just impossible to get any work out Mm. um, working behind the scenes so um, they're still rolling out and some of them have already been made and have toured around Australia and are starting to travel overseas. Um, so yeah, we're very close uh, with, with many of the artists and we have creative producers um, that we work with internally. Um, so it, it, and especially last night, it really felt like it wasn't just us, it was really um, the whole creative scene in Melbourne coming together and it was, a great, it was just a great opportunity to see what's, what's gonna be possible in the next coming months. Oh. Uh, I'm thinking about, you know, there are going to be events that appeal to individuals and what, what are some of your favourites that you feel, are not just for you, but really get your spine, get, get, give you goosebumps even? Oh God, there's so many. Um, I think the things that I find really exciting are those new commissioned works that Kid was just talking about. Partly because you know it's they're so high risk. You're you're entering into um, a kind of relationship with artists where you're kind of Thelma and Louising it <laughs> together, <laughs> um, and that excites me. And that's part of what we want to do. And a couple of examples of that uh, is a work called Eight 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 by Harriet Gillies and Marcus McKenzie, 
which is an eight-hour durational performance about the whole concept of the eight-hour working day and, and labour. And, and they're creating a sort of absurd corporate hell tech bro startup uh, experience <laughs> in a, um, what was a Coles in Coburg. So, you know, that, that excites me. That gets me going. Um, and the other one I would say is Still Lives, which is a work by Luke George and Daniel Cock who um, they, their practice is working with rope in lots of different ways. They've studied macrame, rock climbing, rope bondage, rope bondage as well. And they're um, looking at the kind of valorised status of sports in Australian culture. And they're doing that by suspending uh, five retired AFL players um, in rope bondage from the ceiling of the NGV's Great Hall as part of the queer exhibition. So, you know, wow, that cool. a, that's fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we've also really, um, since last year, been able to sort of really open up the borders and bring in yeah. some of the best from around the world as well. So I'm really looking forward to 21 Pornographies by Meta Inkvartsen from Belgium and Rianto uh, has this incredible show, Hydra from Indonesia, um, Multitude. Um, it's a Uruguayan choreographer, Tamara Cubas, but she actually comes much earlier and um, collaborates with 70 participants, um, volunteers from all around Melbourne to create this huge, um, yeah, kind of critical mass um, show uh, at the Melbourne Town Hall. Mm. Yeah. There was, this was obviously, it came to a heartbreaking halt last year and there are events that, many events that couldn't go ahead. It seems like you've taken some from last year's program and, and like the wilds I think happened last year or, you know, was, how did you choose what to part with and what, the, what could feasibly be done again this year? Mostly it was just practical, logistical mm. things about what could be done and what couldn't. Um, a lot of the shows, you know, people are just bringing cast together again and getting availabilities and stuff just didn't work. But with the wilds uh, and golden square, they're both coming back with, they're very much, um, you know, reimagined or new content so um, a good example of that is we're working with an artist called Leroy New on the wilds who's from Manila and he's actually his part of what he does is create sculptures and as an extension of those sculptures costumes out of exclusively recycled materials and he's actually using the whole structure of the wilds last year to make new work Um, so we're trying as much as possible to Make sure that, you know, it's still fresh, but mm. absolutely not throwing all that work in the bin. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, there were some works like Heavy Congress, um, which didn't actually get to, um, you know, see the light of day at all last year, which we're bringing back. Um, Set Piece, um, a work that we've been um, commis- we've commissioned and, um, and been following very closely, is coming to us. Um, a really incredible work. Um, what else is there? There's, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, and actually, you know, things that we made last year, like with Chunky Move, um, have already have already come to Melbourne earlier, and we've watched them in Sydney and Nightlines being in Adelaide. So it's it's also it's also good to see some of those works that we made last year travelling. So yeah, and you know, picture of Dorian Gray is something I'm looking forward to, and um, people around the station are as well. Stephanie Lake has a major event coming. Can you speak to? Maybe those. Yeah, I can speak. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just jumping in. No, please. <laughs> I, I can speak to. I can speak to those. Um, yeah, Kip William uh, was an artist in residence at uh, Sydney Theatre Company when I was at, as well a few years ago, and it was really evident that um, 
you know, there's a real there's a real talent there, and also um, just a real courage with ambitious projects. And he works with Erin Jean Norville in the picture of Dorian Gray, where she plays all 26 characters in this kind of extraordinary um, performance. And we're very much involved in telling the stories of now and things that are really, you know, we're, we're a contemporary festival. So in a way, it seems a little odd to feature, um, uh, you know, a 120-year-old Gothic masterpiece. But mm -hmm. actually, uh, this idea of editing and controlling one's own image um, is is so prescient right now in regards to how we we edit ourselves and how we present ourselves across social media, um, and so it really is an incredible performance. It's one of the best pieces of theatre I've ever seen wow. in the last five years anywhere in the world, in fact. Um, and manifesto is um, Stephanie Lake, um, local choreographer. Um, she was really just about to absolutely take off, and we were almost going to lose her. And um, while there's not anything good to say about COVID, um, she has been here over the last two years uh, working, and so it's great to see these, you know, this incredible work of scale, um, drummers, dancers, um, coming together to create such a big piece. And that's actually one of the feature, one of the things that's really important to us and uh, defines Rising is also to work with Australian artists to make works of scale that can then travel nationally and internationally. And Manifesto is probably a really great example of that. There's way too much to get through. I know. It's <laughs> the the um the the it's just even the website is so well curated you could spend a very long time on it. But it's so it's just so exciting that it's mm. it's finally happening. I'm really yeah. really happy about it. Uh, Rising.melbourne for the full program. Correct. And tickets go on sale Monday. Much, yeah, Monday. Well, uh, Hannah and Gideon, congratulations and thank you. Uh, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Triple R. We had Michael Harden on uh, not long ago and he was talking about garlic uh, and the best garlic you can get is from an organic farm. Um, and I actually stayed at an organic farm over the weekend and got a box full of fresh vegetables. Uh, so at, Abby's away for the week. So I invited Dad over for dinner and I'm going to have to think of some other people to invite over because I've got lots of food. Um, but to had Dad over for dinner last night, roasted, had a roast... Um, lamb, haven't had that in a very long time, but we had potatoes, beetroot, I roasted beetroot, Great. which was, yeah, really good, um, garlic, broccoli, beans, it, yeah, it, it was amazing. We Look, we had a, a wonderful night, enjoyed uh, enjoyed each other's company, caught up, uh, and then after dessert and, and a cup of tea, uh, I just said to Dad that I wanted to watch this apparently terrible TV show, uh, and Dad goes, and that's my cue to leave, and literally got up, got his keys, put on his shoes, and I'm, I wasn't not going to watch it, so we just said our goodbyes. <laughs> that sounds quite like uh, quite an organic end, I think. I think it was. Were you trying uh, to get rid of him? I wasn't at all. <laughs> oh, because it sounds like you kind of were. <laughs> I mean, like, not, not that you kind of were, like, in the best possible way. My like, show's on. Yeah. <laughs> Got to watch my story. <laughs> yes. And, of course, he was welcome to stay, but he didn't want to borrow it. So he's just like, all right, I'm off. But it wasn't awkward at all. It, like, it yeah. was. It was just like, all right, well. Bye. I'll catch you later. Nice. We'll just go, yeah, catch up another time. Um, I, I try to think of other ways in which I've ended nights. I know when I was, oh, I say when I was younger, it probably still happens a bit now, um, but I wouldn't want to, no, 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 when I was younger, going out with friends and stuff, if I didn't want to make a big deal of things, I would just ghost. So I would just leave without saying goodbye. And um. the reason that I would do this is because if I said, hey, guys, I'm heading off, it would just take one person to go, 
have one more drink. I'll have go, all right, drink. who wants a round? Yeah. And I, I, I'm the worst. I, I am just so easily convinced. And so, I, and then I'll just stay forever. So I had in the past just ghosted. Now, I mean, I'm nearly 40, so I just say, you know what, I'm going to bed. Oh, you <laughs> and, say that. Oh, yeah, if I'm tired, I'm just like, yeah, look, I'll, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm tired. I'm quite a fan of the smoke bomb. Like, I often, I'll often, i <laughs> say goodbye to the say goodbye to the host or whatever yeah. and whoever I'm talking to at that moment, then I'm like, oh, but because then it depends how big the occasion is. But yeah. it's quite kind of liberating to just say goodbye to a few select people and then you're like, people will notice eventually that I'm gone. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, otherwise, you make a big deal of the goodbyes. Mm. Who do you hug? yeah. Um, yeah. my, my mum, I'm very similar to my mum. We always want to stay till the end of the party. Um, and dad is, he's the designated driver and he will always just be polite about everything. But mum would always want to leave, would have these functions like a, a big Kiribati community function, which includes, you know, DJ and a dance floor and stuff. Uh, and then when dad's like, all right, it's time to go. Mum would get my aunties to ask dad for a dance <laughs> and to dad. The last hour, every time, Dad would be up dancing with all my aunties one by one because he was too polite to say oh. no. <laughs> so he'd get up and he'd just be on the dance floor. And we were kids, so we were running around. We're just like, yes, we get to stay here a little bit longer. Poor Dad. A part of the consideration, I think, of smoke bombing hmm. is that you don't want departing to be infectious. Yeah, that's the other yeah, thing that happens. They go, true. oh, actually, you know what? It is getting on. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll head off. That's yes. right. I used to hate when I went to... Um, when I used to go to my godmother's house and I used to play with her son and mum would, you know, it was her friends that they would hang out. And then I, if ever I left the room that we were playing like Nintendo 64 and whatever and mum saw me, it would be like, she'd be like, oh, I should go. So we just would never want to leave the room <laughs> to never remind her that I was there and she felt like she had to leave. So it would be like holding on for the toilet, not getting yeah. a glass of water. Like, because just my presence reminded her, like it was like a circuit breaker. Yeah. And it was this classic thing where if you ever went out and like asked her something, she'd go, oh, we better, we better head off. So never wanted to do it. Never wanted to disturb her. <laughs> but it is, it is it is a delicate balance, isn't it? Because mm. even the yawning, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, you, obviously, <laughs> mom's off. <laughs> I better be heading off. You guys know what buttons to press. But right? there's there's the yawning because often the yawning, you know, especially if you're extending an arm, it's like, can I stay? <laughs> oh yeah, I might have a little kip. <laughs> In addition to, you know, I want to go. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, my hellos are so big, mm. I can't match it with a goodbye. Oh, so do you smoke bomb? I imagine you'd be a ghoster. Do you just walk out sometimes? I got a reputation when people would visit me overseas. Well, I would wear a red jacket. Mm. And they would have to find me in a crowd because I would just bolt on them. <laughs> like I'm not walking at your half rat pace. I'm not living your languid, you know, middling life. Yeah, I'm, I'm Go-Go Daniel. Go-Go Daniel! <laughs> I'm off and I'm rude. <laughs> but it sounds like my, my brother will ghost. It's like his, his favourite thing to do is really? to ignore people. And <laughs> I remember it happened at, my, at Will's 30th. And um, everything was, was, was fine. He was having a good night. He's meeting, meeting our friends and stuff. And then got to the point where one of my friends was like, oh, where's, where's Carl, my brother? And I was like, oh, he's probably, he's probably getting a drink. And then realised he'd left so early. Like I think the second that I'd finished my speech or whatever, yeah. he was out the door and just didn't say goodbye to anyone, didn't thank, didn't thank Will, the party host, for having him. Mm. Um, and, and he just said, oh, it was too loud. The acoustics were too bad. Um, and I was having to shout to have a decent conversation. 
So I just left. And then it became this running joke in, in my friendship group with a few of the friends who were there that night that it's constantly now that the catch cry is just like, oh, where's Carl? Like at, oh. Even at the wedding, like, is, is he still here? Has he left? You know, has he had enough of you? Because the other theory is you only left the moment that someone realises you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So is it, yeah, it's like a bit of a Schrodinger thing. Like, were you there the whole time? That's right. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, is the person present and alive or dead like the cat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like also you kid your dad out. It really, yeah. once you start, oh, I guess it's not a board game. Like if someone says, i got to play my board, like I'm going to leave. Categories, anyone? Where are my shoes? <laughs> Triple R on FM, digital, online and via the app. Jonathan Alley is a long-term Triple R broadcaster who is retiring his Sunday night music program Under the Sun after broadcasting on the station for 29 years and ahead of his last ever show this Sunday and to chat about the long gestating release of his documentary film about the late David McComb, Love in Bright Landscapes, the radio legend joins us now. Jonathan, thank you and welcome to Breakfasters. No, you've got the wrong person. If you're after a radio legend, I try sincerely try you. Um, uh, you might want to try elsewhere. I think. Okay, well, thanks anyway, morning. Jonathan. Bye. <laughs> yeah, see ya. Good on you. Um, this this news came out of the blue, but you say after nearly thirty years, I feel I've done what I'm going to do. Pretty much. Um, I, I think community radio stations have to work in a way where, it, you know, you you get a certain amount of time to you know, do what you're going to do and really play with what the medium of radio can can mean. And I've had a great opportunity to do that. I mean, I I'm still maintain that Triple R and community radio is a unique thing in the world. Um, with the freedom that the announcers are given, I say this every radiothon, as we all do, you know, Triple R is a great repository of people who are up to stuff. They're up to interesting things and they try and bring that to their programs. And I, I, I hope I've done that. I've tried to do that. Um, I, you know, I always took a lot from Stephen Walker's tutelage and that, you know, I really like the idea that, that community radio should always be pervasive. It should always have an edge to it that you can't quite define and, and what it does, should sort of, its influence should really sort of pervade throughout your own life and the lives of your listeners. Um, and I've taken that, you know, as I've gotten older, taken myself less seriously, but what I do on the radio more seriously. Um, but I also just think you need to have a certain presence of mind, uh, you know, with something like a community radio show and not let it get indulgent. And I, I'm really happy with the, the, the place that the program's in and I get really lovely feedback from our listeners. So I, to, in a sort of piece of skewed logic, I thought that meant it was probably a good time to finish up because really after a while it's all downhill. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's still quite a blow and your, your uh, commitment, especially your erudition and passion during Radiothon is going to leave a giant hole. You're nah. A, oh, okay. <laughs> To me, mate, mate, seriously, me leaving, you know, Triple R, in, in terms of the, the strength of the, the broad strength of the station, um, is a flea on the arse of a very funky elephant. And, you know, the, my, my show being the flea and Triple R being the elephant, um, it, you, you know, it, it's the sum of its part. It's a wonderful synergy, Triple R. It's, a, it's greater than the sum of all its parts. And no one person, I think, you know, means more than the rest of it. Um, and I'm sure that whoever's in my slot on Sunday, I, I don't know who it's going to be, but I wish them very well. And, 
you know, after a while they'll, they'll find their stride. And that's actually one of the, the reasons I wanted to leave now is to give the person who's got to do the radiothon mm. a few months to sort of get their, you know, get their, their feet in the straps and, and get on board. Um, but, you know, coming back to your point, uh, I think we're all pretty passionate and, and I hope I still am. Um, and I'll, I'll still carry that attitude through life. I mean, I'm still that person. I'm still going to... You know, listen to music. I've always listened to it, and and try and make the best of opportunities that are sort of, you know, handled my way. Because I I think, if I think back on my time in the station, I I guess that's the thing I've I've tried to always do is when people have given me opportunities, I've tried to breathe a bit more life into them. And, and I remember all those years ago when when Triple R sent me off to Tibet for a month. When we came back, we put on an exhibition of all the photos we'd taken, all the Triple R listeners and myself, and we gave a whole lot of money that we raised to the Australia Tibet Council. Um, it, it, it's a great place to do that kind of thing, and, and you get an enormous amount more out of being involved if you can try and take the opportunities you give given to that next level. Um, so I hope I've done that. I don't always succeed in, in everything. Like, you know, we all, you know, have our little pitfalls, but... And I, I just think it's it's been the, the most wonderful thing to be involved in, and I think it makes it it's a cliche. I know because so many people say it, but it really does make Melbourne what it is. We've been we've been successful in engendering an idea of community in this town through having such a strong general community radio scene that the the rewards for our listeners and for ourselves are tenfold. You've been going through the archives in preparation for the last show. I have Triple R's own George Martin, the, the, the dear old Archie Cuthbertson, who mm-hmm. uh, has always been and always will be a bloke you can trust, has um, given me some antiquated old technology to, to source some stuff that um, otherwise I, I couldn't. And, I, yeah, I have been going through the archives. There'll be little, a few little surprises on Sunday. I found a little live to air uh, with Mark Lanigan that I engineered. Oh. So I'm going to bring that to to air. Um, there's an interview with John Lydon from back in the day, um, the Henry Rollins uh, Q&A that we did in the performance space, and a few other little things from over the years that I've got sort of, you know, bubbling away. So we'll see what we can fit in, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Beautiful. Can you take us behind the scenes of Under the Sun? What, what's the two hours like for you? <laughs> what are you doing? How do you prepare? What does it look like in the studio? Oh, well, there's just, look, if it makes a noise, it's sort of there. So people get precious about formats, which, which amuses me greatly. Um, I don't really care whether it's a, a 12-inch vinyl single, an MP3, or a, um, a bit of telegraph paper, you know, delivered by a pigeon. It's like, if it makes a noise, I'm interested in, in what it sounds like. Um, so there's CDs and records and, and computers and USB files everywhere. Um, I, I never know what I'm going to play until about 30 seconds before I play it. Um, I, I've tried to sort of plan my shows and I just, I always change my mind so I stop bothering. <laughs> um, I, I always religiously pre-write my interviews, but a lot of the time if I'm talking to a, a band, I, I deviate from, from that because, you know, life's a conversation and you go where it takes you. Um, and yeah, so uh, in terms of preparation, I, I always bring in sort of five or six shows worth of music, and and what gets up gets up based on my mood. Yeah. <laughs> so that gives you an idea. Uh, just ahead of Love in Bright Landscapes, for those not mm. familiar, this is a very long-term 
oh. passionate project of yours. It's being described, I've heard, well, Jeff Jenkins called it a masterpiece. Station manager Dave Houchin similarly called it a masterpiece. Can you tell us about how much of your life has gone into this? Look, 13 years on and off, but people, you know, get this idea that I've been some sort of teetotal celibate monk um, you know, chained to a desk, drinking bread and water every time I finish a sequence. I've been doing other things while I've been making this film. You know, I worked full-time in music journalism for eight years. Um, I've, I've worked in, you know, not-for-profits. I've, I've, you know, I've been helping raise my daughter. I, I've done stuff. Um, one of the reasons the film took so long is that it really... I didn't really have the resources at hand that I wanted to make it the film that it now is. I remember um, Richard Lowenstein coming on Breakfast a couple of years ago talking about his Michael Hutchins film, Mystify. And stylistically, in ways, they're quite similar. We use a lot of home movies. There's a lot of sort of very intimate, personal footage that you wouldn't necessarily have seen otherwise. And that took a long time to source. Um, you know, so I'm actually really glad the film's taken as long as it has, COVID notwithstanding, because I think it would be a lesser film if I had not. Um, I said, yeah, the film was picked for Miss last year, which I was really thrilled with, and then, you know, COVID came along and, and really compromised what the festival was able to do. It's played in Perth. It was selected for Brisbane Film Festival. It was, it's been selected for... A, couple of things overseas. It's played the Dock and Roll Festival in London. It's just been selected for Cathedral Arts in Belfast. Um, and we hope to... Well, we will have it back at the Nova in early May and then Sydney as well. So I'm looking forward finally for Melbourne and, you know, Sydney people to finally see the film, um, particularly Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, well, what a year and what an announcement. The mm. final show of Under the Sun is this Sunday, 6 till 8pm. Surprises, archive stuff, uh, it's going to be full on. When, when, when will you settle on what you might uh, like to showcase? At about 5.59pm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've, uh, as usual, I've, I've got a, a, a general idea and then what happens, happens. <laughs> You know, there'll be stuff I can't fit. There always is. And it's a funny thing. For 33 years, because I did four years of other stuff before Triple R, I've been able to say, I can't fit that this week. I'll try and fit it oh. in next week. And then tonight, you know, Sunday after that, oh, well, there's no next week to fit it in. So if it doesn't get in on Sunday, it's someone else's job. All right. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan Ali, thank you very much for all the listening pleasure on behalf of absolutely everybody and uh, look forward to the final show. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Triple R. Ah, that's right. Triple R. So the um, accommodation that I stayed at over last weekend was uh, like a bungalow attached to a farm. So I've stayed in accommodation before where the owners are around. Uh, I think you can find it's definitely a lot cheaper. Um, but they're normally pretty good. They're like, you know, if you don't want us to be around or give you more privacy, we can do that. Um, if you want to have a chat, then we can as well. Mm. Um, and I think when I go looking to book accommodation, sometimes I'm like, no, I just want my own place. I don't want anyone else around. Uh, I'll pay whatever I've got to pay. And But then other times I'm just like, oh, that's okay. Like you, you've got your own little bungalow there and, and you're aware that other people are going to be around. They were great. Uh, they had a couple of kids on the weekend as well uh, and they had, there was a lot of yard. It was a farm, so there was heaps of space anyway. Um, but I've stayed in... Uh, 
bungalows uh, attached to houses and everything that were quite cheap just by myself if I'm doing writing or something like that. And it's great value for money. Mm. Anyway, this one uh, time a few years ago, I was travelling to Adelaide and uh, my partner and I at the time had booked this uh, accommodation and we were like, wow, how good is this accommodation? So close to the city. I can't believe how cheap it is. Uh, And as we were arriving, uh, we got a message from the owner of the house uh, saying that she was there, let us know when we come in, uh, if we wanted a cup of tea, Mm. which was lovely. But we were like, but what? What are you doing at the house? Like, um, you, um, we thought we'd book the house. No. And and then I was like, oh. Um, and I said to my partner, my partner, like, we are not sharing a house with this person. And I'm like, okay, I'll I'll just message and I'll just confirm. And then I was like, oh, sorry, I, I thought we had booked the house. She's like, oh, um, I'll just be in my room, um, but we share the bathroom and the and the kitchen and, and lounge and all that kind of stuff. She's like, but I'll keep to myself. I was like. Oh. Oh, oh no, 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 that, that's okay. And then I was like, oh, and my partner was just adamant, absolutely not. We were staying there for I think three nights as well, and we mm. and I think we were having people over for dinner at one point. Uh, so it was just like, no. yeah. So I, I went back and I'm just like, look, I am so sorry. Um, we thought we had booked the house, so um, you know, we're we're just going to stay in the city and we were just going to book an apartment. And she's like, oh no, no, no. Um, Please, like, like, play. It's it's fine. I'll 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 stay in my bedroom. I, I'll hardly come out. And I was like, oh no, this was this beautiful old lady. I go, oh no, no, no. That that's okay. And then she sent. She kept sending messages because she just felt bad, and she also didn't want us to write a bad review. Oh, which right. of course, there's no way, absolutely not. I had to look at the the ad, and I was like, okay, it's not as clear it as it shit. should be, mm. um, but it did say it. Okay, and like I I didn't oh. read it. Properly, so it's not a stitch up. She's not. No, you know. it wasn't. But generally, like you, you click on a thing and it and like it pops up straight away. Like you've got a room in this house or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, this wasn't that clear, but it did say it. So mm. I, I didn't. Yeah, I, I didn't look at it properly. So um, you'll be lodging with a groundhog. <laughs> <in leaves>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, I this. just hate the idea of this lady being like, no, 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 I will go into isolation know. in my bedroom. And then when oh, and then we said, no, that's okay. Um, and she's like, oh, I'm not sure how to process. The refund and this and that, and she's like, "Oh, I haven't had this. Haven't had many people stay here." So I go, "No, no, no, that's okay. We don't need a refund. We don't need anything. I apologise for the inconvenience." And then she said, "I'll go and stay with my sister." And I said, "No, I'm, I'm so sorry." It was just the most awkward. In the end, yeah, we and I. She messaged me again. I go, "I promise you, I am not writing a bad review. I do not want a refund. This was our mistake." Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it was it was really awkward. And God, I mean, we, we we didn't even stay there in the end. And thank God we didn't. My God, it just would have been horrible um, for so you, everyone. Just do you just like we just left it, cut oh. our losses, and then just bought an apartment in the city, yeah, in, in Adelaide, and then just stayed there for a few nights. Oh, uh, this which, poor woman. I wonder if she wanted the company. I wonder if she liked having people around. Yeah, that must be part of it, right? If you're so, like, I would absolutely, one hundred percent, never ever ever sign up <laughs> to be a host. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in just. It's too intimate. Yeah, but right. I feel like if she's you know maybe older, retired, lives alone. Well, that's it. And like she was offering to make us a cup of tea. She's Aww. probably made some cakes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, that she should move in with her sister. Yes. Mm. Yes. And Did rent it. out that joint. Completely. Yeah, her sister might have something to say about that. No. Yeah. <laughs> 
Her sister doesn't live as close to the city. Um, so. And you, she said sharing the bathroom as well was... Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, no. I'm, you know, I'm, I'd give that wide berth. <laughs> 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 oh my god! Uh, I mean, yeah, I've also when they're staying there at a classic sort of B and B sitch, like you know, I'd get, I'd, I remember, I anyway, I got on the turps, I lost the key, or I couldn't get in, <laughs> and but they're there, and it's like you're waking them up. Oh, oh that can leave really? you a bad review though. They can, you can get a bad guest review. Did you? Well, it was just an. Uh, old school B and B. Oh right. Oh okay. Gotcha. Which, gotcha. You know, yeah. yeah. Where Airbnb comes from. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but but yeah, like, and then um. if it's creaky floors, yeah. Um, so even if you are in your room, you sense that you have a presence elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, if you if you, if you don't care, terrific. Yeah. If no one oh, cares, completely. But if you're not cut that way. Then yeah, if you're noise sensitive, you're surely not signing up for that, right? You're not being like, if you have creaky floors, you're not being like, you can't be sensitive to noise if you're letting strangers stay in the house. Well, oh, certainly, yeah, yeah. I guess it's the other way around if you're staying in a, in the accommodation. And then the whole idea that, that, that sure. you would have the run of the joint mm-hmm. while you know, old groundhog. Like stuck in a room. Punks are tawny. <laughs> <laughs> punks are tawny Phyllis. <laughs> I I was I thought I was going to share. So when I was I went was in New York, like oh, eleven years, nine years ago, wow. a while ago, mm. and um and had been with my sister for most of the trip, and then I was staying on for a few weeks after she went home. So I was going to be on my own, and we'd been staying in apartments and things like that, and I had a week or two weeks in New York on my own after she left and um, and was like, oh, it's so it was so hard to find anywhere to stay. And it was getting down to the wire and then I was like, fine, I'm just going to sh- do a shared room yeah. in an apartment on the Lower East Side. Great spot. I'll stay here. Um, and um, it was this similar kind of thing where the woman – I thought it was going to be to myself and then she's yeah. like, no, I live there. And then I was like, okay, fine. And then she just wasn't there the whole oh. time. And there was very little communication. Mm. But it was that weird thing where I couldn't relax into it because I thought oh, any moment. She's going to walk through She's going to come home. Of course. You know, and find me going through her medicine cabinet. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, a similar thing happened to me. I was in New York because we both travelled a lot. We're so very worldly. <laughs> All three of us. Adelaide. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it was the this similar older woman, her husband had left her. He wrote a successful novel that was adapted into a film and oh. then just fled. Oh. Oh. And, and he, I think he taught journalism. At, uh, I know way too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd they go on their honeymoon? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, exactly. At th- Thanksgiving, this this was it was such an odd time. At Thanksgiving, um, it was she insisted that I have a dinner with her, and it was just me and her and another lodger. And then um, dessert was an apple. Oh my god! Peel it myself. Oh. It was a deconstruct, deconstructed apple. <laughs> she popped it up for you. <laughs> Melbourne's own Triple R. Today I might be mad. Tomorrow I'll be glad. Cause I'm 
Masters beloved Friday Funny Bugger, Nat Harris. Morning, Nat. Morning, guys. Good yeah. morning. <laughs> Go I'm, you. I'm sure every guest is saying this, but it's so nice to be in the studio. Yeah. Isn't it special? Lee's oh. four walls, hey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and what about you personally? Do you need energy? How do you go on your own versus being surrounded by people you're a bit of a people person definitely I think I'm definitely neat I'm definitely a loner as well mm. oh, yeah cool. I spend a lot of time on my own you have housemates or do you live yeah on? I have housemates but I suppose it's not until I hang out with my family or friends like over Christmas and stuff where I'm like hey I'm just gonna walk I, like <laughs> gotta go stand in the corner a couple of yes. meters ahead of you all I'm just yeah. like need to not talk I'm actually a lot more of a loner than people would think maybe yeah. oh, not, not that people are thinking about me God. So I haven't thought that. I have wondered. So thank you for letting me know. Well, thank you. Put that in your diary. Sorry, Mon. (laughs) When people with their family, though, I think it's different. Like, you you spend a lot of time over Christmas. There is a moment where you're like, I'm just going to go sit in my car. Yeah. I think I I do just spend a lot of time alone. So it's when I do am forced to kind of spend like a couple of days with people. I'm like. Any chance I get, I'll put distance between me, <laughs> literally physical distance me and the group of people. Have you sat in your car, Mom? No, no, I don't know. That's a, someone else. <laughs> yeah. I go to the toilet a lot, like, <laughs> yeah, just to get a moment. Yeah, I'm just going to go to the toilet, but I think we all do that, don't go, we? Oh, and that's got dysentery again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, what's going on? Well, I am just obviously in the lead up to Comedy Festival. I did a trial show last night. Oh, cool. How'd it go? Yeah. Yeah, um, people can, like, I can confirm there'll be a show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so great. before that, how much changes good. in a trial? Like, do you actually take I'd, that on board? Like, yeah, I know. I've invited, like, a, a fair few kind of friends last night that I trusted and there's a lot to take on board, so I, I couldn't possibly <laughs> implement all the notes I got last <laughs> night. But, no, let's hope, based on mm. what happened last night on stage, a lot changes. Mm. Um, was there anything, though, that uh, flew way better than you could have ever anticipated? Mm. That's always nice. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought I was way more organised than I was. Yeah. Trials are the most terrifying thing. Like, you know, I think when you trial anything, speech, any, like, you're like, I'll do it, I'll trial a presentation or whatever. Mm. They're absolute hell. Mm. Like, because it's like kind of people you trust their opinions of, yeah. respect, you, you kind of know them to a certain degree and just like looking out at them and knowing their expressions and that they're kind of like examining you. Mm, I yeah. just, I always like think, no, I'm going to commit this time, but I really fall apart in trials oh. consistently. Yeah. Did you have any public come to it or was it all just people that you knew that were judging you? No, yeah, so the only public was the tech and okay. he, everyone was like, yeah, we like it, we like it. And then he's like, yeah, I really liked it. And I was like, <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, I'll probably see that. And I was like, that is honestly the best feedback of the night That's because good. he was completely unbiased. He's got no agenda. It, there was something funny as well. My friend um, invited one of her friends and I didn't know about it and she arrived first in this small <gasps> theatre and I was was like just went out and she waved at me and I went hey <laughs> like I knew her and like it was just so funny we did this like charade like I just didn't know how to handle it so I was in a minute and then my friend introduced me afterwards and I was like I'm sorry I didn't know what to do she's like neither did I like she I didn't know she was coming she arrived early I'm so glad she came because she got like she was awesome but it was just so funny you were just bluffing pretending you knew each other yeah that was like the pre-show pretending I knew who she was in this way hey thank you (laughs) so so you're in two shows that last night was Sal 
Last Night with Sal, yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, which someone described as a kitchen sink drama. So, <laughs> yeah. Kitchen drama. It's yeah, go. I want to know more. Well, I people who don't follow you on Instagram won't know who Sal is. Yes. Okay, sure. So she is like a middle-aged woman. She lives in Armadale. She's retired. Um, she's obsessed with her dog and she has like an unhealthy obsession with her son, I think is the main thing. Brendan. So, Brendan, thank you. Yes. <laughs> so she's like a character I did on Instagram throughout lockdown mainly and she has like a toxic friend named Lynn and, yeah, we just talk kind of – we just talked the lockdown. We talk, yeah, we organise events, we talk golf, we talk recipes. Tennis? Ten- oh, she loves the tennis. She's <laughs> mad for the tennis. It's her favourite time of year. And, yeah, she's kind of living with her husband, Mark, but they just live completely separate lives. Mm. He's down Sorrento, but they both love the dog. Separating would be too much. <laughs> I know, she's such a combination of so many people I know. And now it's like <laughs> they're all going to come to the show. And <laughs> And it's becoming more and more literally. It's not my mum's character at all, but my mum was a PE teacher and there's like a lot of music references and stuff like that my, that my mum listened to and she's like, is this me? Does your mum wear a visor? Babe? No, not at all. My mum, not at all. Doesn't present like Sal, but there's a lot in there. There's just like verbatim, word is, for word. Did you, was that a bespoke visor? It's got Sal written on it. Yes, my Photoshop. I know, yeah, I know. I've got an absolute wizard, but it's originally an Aperol visor from the tennis. I know, devastated they're not sponsors anymore. (laughs) I had a bit of a funny, I'll just quickly tell you, on the way to the trial last night, I was in um, like a car sharing service and uh, (laughs) being good. And I was like, I had a whiteboard as a prop. So I put that in the boot. It was like kind of peak hour. Um, The driver, he, yeah, he put that in the boot for me and I was in the back and I was going over my script and I was just really stressed. And then I'm like, oh, are we going to get there? Like the traffic's really bad. Like will we get there by six or whatever? And he's like, yeah, a bit past. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, a bit past six will be fine. Reading over my notes and then I'm just – we kind of sit in silence. But I noticed he was kind of driving quite fast and he went through a couple of oranges and lights. And then after the drive he goes – like towards the end of the lift he goes, do you have an exam? <laughs> And I go, oh, um, yeah, kind of not really. I'm doing a trial show for the comedy festival. He's like, because I've run like three red lights. Like he really was trying to get me there. And I just thought like, what a letdown. Like I felt like I had to lie to this Uber driver because I'm like, he's just risked like, you know, getting a fine to get me there on time. And then I tell him that it's for a trial show for a comedy. It's like funny I, that he told you this yeah, is what I've done. I did notice. I'm like, well, we're accelerating. We're going yeah. through that orange. We're going through that orange. We're going through that orange. Yeah. And I was like, how do I, like I wanted to tell him I was like sitting the gamsat or something. Yeah. Like I don't know, it was like worthwhile. <laughs> like he'd done the right thing to get me there in time. I'm That's not Exam of sorts. But yeah, it, exactly. Know, I know, but not exam. as impressive. I just felt like I really let him down. Anyway, so if he's listening, <laughs> let's pretend I'm a med student yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, I think it was good that he rushed, but yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But, you know, so this show is also going to have guests. No. Okay. So the and friends. I know me playing other characters. Okay. Ah. So the the title was very much a bluffing exercise, Good. as it is putting in um, submitting for a show for comedy festivals. So <laughs> the and friends was a buffer. Yeah. And then I thought, do you know what? Organizing other people, too uh, yeah, much work. Yeah. You think that was originally designed to 
make less work for me. Yeah. And then I was like, no. More work. I could already mm. read the messages, like Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't mm. come in. Oh, and yeah. Don't. I'm stressed just thinking yes. about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I didn't know whether I had a show, but I feel like now I definitely have, like, a full show. A kitchen sink drama right. is how we're billing cool. it. <laughs> and, um, you look, there may be some little kind of guests, but, yeah, mainly oh. it'll be Sal and Friends and I will be playing other characters mm. as well. Um, when you're doing Instagram videos, mm. do, how many takes do you do? Is it – do you mm. ever feel stupid talking yes. to a camera on your own? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> yeah, my neighbours, like, what they would hear. I was in an apartment building for years main, when I was doing Sal and they would just hear yelling and shrieking, <laughs> like, Mom! Lily, like it's honestly like they'd be like, I'm really worried about the girl in 17 because it's just like talking to dogs and husbands that don't exist. No, not that car. Get the Audi out. Like she, she thinks she's got an Audi. She thinks she's got a dog. She thinks she's got a husband. She thinks she's got a property in Sorrento. Yeah. So I hope no your neighbors come to the show then. Yeah, me too. No, I really I like so. Sal. Do feel, you? Yeah, I want to. I don't know. I want to hang out with her. Really? Yeah. She's a nightmare. Yeah, I feel Daniel. sorry for. Yeah, down I, to the I beach house. Wanted... Who wants to get an invite to the beach? That'd house? That'd be yeah. nice. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so nice. Well, I think definitely like. Well, yeah, you should definitely see this show because I am trying to show a bit of a softer side of her. Yeah, mm. something to it. The facade cracks. Yeah, oh. you got to see the facade crack, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's 101. <laughs> yeah. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, I know. Okay, well, there, hopefully you'll come back to talk more. You do? We didn't touch on the returning your own. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, where we're doing a return season of Pet Nat and Hannah Chocolat, which is a sketch show, and that's only on Saturday and Sundays. That's at the town hall. It's an early show, so you can, like, get dinner afterwards. I think it's 5 o'clock on Saturdays and 4 p.m. on Sundays, and it's a really fun show. Have a wine beforehand. Mm. Do whatever you want. It's really good, and that's selling well, so get on there. How much much of your – of that show – did you take because you did the summer show here? Yeah. Triple R. How yep. much of that is inspiration? Oh yeah, no, I don't think we did anything. We did one little sketch from that show. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it'll just be the show we did um, last festival when you won the award. <gasps> yeah, thank you, Bobby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, I love awards. <laughs> they are so handy. It's so nice to have something to put on the poster. I just want to thank awards in general. <laughs> Do you guys have awards? No, what awards no, do you have? No, yes, you do. No. Um, nothing, nothing I can put on. Is it fair to say that you do comedy for the awards? Absolutely, yeah. honestly, <laughs> just any validation. And you're Love. in the Nic- you're in the Nicholas Building. Yes, so I'm all oh, over cool. the shop. So I'm in the Nicholas Building, and then I'm doing Mondays at the Town Hall. Oh my Show's god, in the Nicholas Building, that's awesome. It's very cool. Ooh. I know, and it's pretty, such a cool building. Pretty yeah. um, easy to understand times you're on as well. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> Not all over the place at all. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's so, like a <laughs> so where do you want to send people? What did you say? Comedyfestival.com.au. Exactly. That's it. I'm not going to even try and rattle off what I'm yeah. doing. I'm doing shows at midnight. I'm doing shows at what? matinee. Oh. No, I'm not. I'm joking. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> no, but, but they're like all nine, eight, eight, nine, ten, six. Yeah. And, and uh, what about Instagram? Oh, yes. You can follow me. Nat is Dragon. Beautiful. I know. I need to change that. My <laughs> Dragon was my nickname for years. Anyway. Yeah, and it will continue to be. Yeah, I'll spruik the show online. Go online. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> Nat Harris, thanks so much for coming in. Oh, thanks for having me. So nice to be in here. Triple R. 
Thanks for listening to a podcast of the best bits of Breakfasts, which is the Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Feel free to get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or the Triple R website.